and welcome everybody to a new episode of the podcast, but this is a special episode. This is The Game Out. And today, we're going to be talking about board games. You know, the games that make you bored. Okay, that's a terrible pun, but seriously, this is a bonus. Not, or it's not a bonus episode, it's an interim episode. You're listening to this in between seasons one and two of the LGA cast. And right now we are recording this while the game awards are live. So this is going to be a fun episode to edit because we're probably going to be like reacting to stuff as, as it comes out on the screen because we have the audio of the game awards playing through our monitors and it's a little bit distracting, but like, I don't want to have it pick up on our mics. So yeah. And now there's just rabbits dancing on the screen. All right, so let's talk shop on board games. Um, so we should probably um, identify the types of board games, right? So we'll identify, this is uh, a list of like the types of board games from nonstoptabletop.com. And so we'll just kind of go, I'll just list in order first on this list. Um, so first we have roll and move games. We have worker placement games, cooperative games, deck building games, area control games, secret identity games, legacy games, party games, and puzzle games and combat games. And and Linus Tech Tips is on the TV showing off Samsung TVs again. <laughs> Um, so I almost think, I guess first we'll start, we'll start with move and roll games. So move and roll games are kind of like your monopoly, your life. These are like probably the casual of most casual board games. The type of games that pretty much everyone has, like, sorry. (laughs) Nope. Sorry. (laughs) Um, You gotta go back to start. (laughs) Um... So that those games got problems. Yeah, they're not like you they're usually just <sighs> Monopoly still has like a place in my heart and like well, ri- risk yeah. as well, but yeah. But they're broken and they <laughs> m- modern games focus more on like you're always like not elimination. Like those older games have elimination based play or like if you're screwed you're just perpetually screwed. Yeah. Like Monopoly, you get to a point where you're just fucked. And then you're like, okay, now I hate everybody. Yeah, it's not fun. Or you get eliminated and then, like, what, you're just supposed to sit there while everybody else plays? It doesn't make any sense. Where, where obviously, more modern games, uh, mostly, like, some of those Euro games, like, Catan. Like, the modern-day classics like Catan and uh, Ticket to Ride have really taken over because they're they're like those old games in some aspects of like yeah. play i think they're very simplistic and easy to learn yeah but, very easy to learn um but you d- it's not elimination rules you just especially yeah. something like ticket to ride you just gain points like yeah yeah you're just playing like everybody everybody gets to play until the end and then you tally up the points versus monopoly where someone gets to boardwalk and everybody else is fucked yeah well can be it it's like Boardwalk is always boardwalk and park place are 
yeah. high risk, high reward type thing. Yeah, they're coveted, they're, but really the strategy is getting the, a lot of like the mid tier ones. It, it, my my strategy, which I, I found out later, is actually like a more universal strategy, but it's always just been my strategy growing up is the orange and red. Yeah. You, if you get that corner. <coughs> yeah, the it, corners are like solid, and like the orange and red is like that's that's the corner near like, free parking, right? Yeah, because yeah. and I get my strategy, like my thought, which I guess is why this is a great, great strategy, is you kind of spend the most time between there because if you if somebody gets sent to jail, they pass go, but then they they go from jail and then they have potential land on those orange spaces or the red spaces yeah. before potentially getting all the way to the bottom and going back to jail. Because I would say the uh, yellow and green are equally as good but yeah. because they sandwiched that jail spot that you potentially go back to jail so the green is not quite as profitable as the red yeah it also it's also like um those those other spaces are they're not too expensive and they're like not too cheap they're like right in the middle right of the, in the middle yeah so it's not like you're not right before the boardwalk where you're like the second most expensive properties um so like it's kind of like the middle of the road, but like you get you get those two monopolies and you just build up you use up all the houses that you can and never upgrade to hotels. <laughs> that's such it's such a dick policy. It's just, it's a dick move, but that's how the rules work. Once you use up all the houses, it's like explicitly in the rules that nobody can upgrade a house until the house a house is available. So you use up all the houses and don't upgrade to a hotel so the houses don't go back to the pool. And no, then nobody else can upgrade. And then you just fuck everybody. Um, and that's just basically another one of the problems with that game. Um, and then life is just like... Uh, that. I played that one a bunch when I was a kid. And it's just like, it's, it's good and bad, but it's like such... It's all random chance, and like I, I know there is like a degree of like random chance in a lot of games, anyway. But like I feel like that is all just like you're rolling a dice I'm, and landing on a, a deck. Or I something. was gonna say you like risk, and that's like 100 percent chance based. Well, yeah. It's all 100 percent luck based. <laughs> yeah. Um. I, I think luck, but I think it's, is important in games. Like you should still have the. I, I think I think luck is always the the curve. Yeah, but like it's just there's no like strategy really in it. It's just like you just roll the dice and land on something, and then you. There, there is though. I mean, yes, a like, little bit, but no. I mean, there, okay, and this is once again. I, I think this is like deep in the weeds of monopoly strategies because a smart player like myself, <laughs> uh, as soon as I get my first monopoly, I mortgage all my other properties to pay, to pay for houses and hotels on those properties. And then use the money gained from the houses on said property to unmortgage properties. Well, yeah, that's like that's a legit, <laughs> that's a legit way to do it. But yeah, because then you slowly start unmortgaging the other ones, and because inevitably it's always better to have houses on properties because you're the, yeah. the amount of money you get is like crazy yeah. high by comparison. It's like so what you're like if you if you don't do that, then you're just waiting and waiting and. You go rounds and rounds to get until like you, your tens and twenties dollars. Yeah. yeah, like no, it's, you just mortgage them. Take take the the take the hit from not earning any rent on the low value properties, and 
and then you then when some then when somebody lands on the good ones then they're bankrupt and then you yep. get to off, then you get to auction off their property which typically can make a game go relatively fast but yeah. i don't know monopolies become such a place where it, when i play it with most like the group of people I've played it with the most, now it's become like nobody trades anybody because yeah. you, the, everybody they, assumes yeah. they're going to get fucked at some point. Yeah, like nobody trades anybody. Um, Which, I mean, that, and similarly, uh, Catan's kind of been ruined for that reason too because nobody will trade anybody. Yeah. At, at least this is my like specific group I've played with, but nobody trades anybody. And when they roll the thief, uh, they don't use the thief properly. They just because they're like, I don't want to screw anybody over. And I'm like, well, that's like part of the game. Like <laughs> getting screwed over is part of the game because it's yeah. like what comes around goes around. Like you screw somebody, they're gonna screw you back. Totally, that's part of the yeah. fun. Well, and then, and also another thing, a lot of people do when they play Monopoly is they forget to, they they forget that actually, um, if you can't afford to buy a property, you have to auction it. Like it immediately goes into auction, so then everybody else can bid on it. So, like you have to like you have to like make that decision. Like if you land on this property and you don't want to buy it, then like like you have to also like the way the risk that someone else is gonna buy it and get it for way cheaper. There's also um, when I was a kid, I think what we did is you couldn't buy properties on your first go around. Oh really? Yeah, which can inevitably really suck. Yeah, because some sometimes you just get stuck between <laughs> between jail <laughs> and just like, yeah, you just get stuck. Like, I've had that happen where I'm like, I, everybody's been around the board like three times and I'm like still in jail. <laughs> yeah, that really does suck. Because any. Yeah. Um, Rolling doubles yeah. three times sends you to jail. Doesn't make any sense. Why that is, is that a rule? Because you're speeding. <laughs> <laughs> you're going too fast in life. And, and when when I was a kid, we never, which I know it's not in the rules, but a lot of people play with uh, money on free parking, but I never did as a kid. Yeah, my family did that. Yeah, the tax money would usually go into the free parking. Yeah, which is like not in the rules. Yeah, I mean, everybody's got house rules. We The one house rule we played with is if you landed on go, you got double money. Oh, my so God. So you, you would... Get, <laughs> you'd get 400 instead of 200 if you landed on go but what which seems fair though because that's it's pretty hard to actually land on go yeah i don't think that happens very often so it's like yeah you just get a little bonus but yeah i, I don't what what exactly is the flow of our conversation here i have no idea <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a game it's, out. It's kind. Of, it's a game out. Generally about board games. Yeah, we're getting, I kind of wanted to go over like the types of board games and then uh, maybe describe the different types. And I mean, we've at least also, talked at length about the ones that are kind of shit. But yeah, I, I still like. Also, like I wanted to like go over like I mean like American versus Euro games because that's a kind of a bigger thing now. Yeah, um, the, Euro games are uh, getting bigger. Yeah, um, and I, I really like Euro games, but most people in my uh, friend group don't really like Euro games because it's a lot of uh, number crunching. Yeah, well, let, we'll kind of get. To, I want to kind of go through this these nine categories real quick, and then we can get to the the bulk of the Euro game discussion because I think that's kind of probably going to dominate most of this because these ones are just kind of. I mean, we can just generally go over. Um, these so like worker placement games is another category um so like that 
would be kind of your uh, Stone Age, Caverns, The Cave Farmers, um, a bunch of games I've never actually played. <laughs> um, <laughs> who will love worker placement games? Middle management. Um, so, like, these are the type of the games where, like, you're... Players take turns placing their family members on like action spaces uh, to grow food. So it's kind of like um, I don't I don't want to say like Catan would be one of these, but it seems like based off of the description, they kind of are because like I don't know what other category Catan fits into this list here. Yeah, I don't know why they don't list Euro games here. Here, I'm going to actually see if I can find a better list because this is... They listed, like, stuff that I've never, like, heard of before. I thought, like, Board Game Geek would have, like, a list, but they don't. Fucking this place has the same exact game lists. <laughs> so I guess it's a legit thing. So worker placement games. If you love telling people what to do, then worker placement games might be just for you. These games require strategy and patience and the ability to think of your workers less as people and more as cogs in your machine. Games such as Agricola involve you you trying your darndest to put opposing players out of business and ruin their crops for the season. But if it doesn't satiate your thirst, your fellow man's destruction, uh, perhaps you should try it out first. Be warned, though, things can get very heated very quickly. I don't have much experience with those because I never played any of those types of games, I guess. Um, there is cooperative games. Uh, so that... An example of those would be like Arkham Horror, Pandemic, Lord of the Rings, Forbidden Island, uh, Desert, Forbidden Island slash Desert, and Mole Rats in Space. Uh, so these are like games where you're trying to eliminate the stress of and unfairness of the classic board game approach. Um, you encourage players to work together, so it's like a PVE type st or style of games. Um, the Dark Souls board game would fall under that. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, because um, you're you're basically all working together to fight the big boss at the end. You're working your way to the end to fight. Um, so, like in Pandemic, have you played Pandemic? Pandemic at all? No, I've never played Pandemic. It's one I hear about a lot, but I just haven't gotten a chance to play it yet. Um, but. I'll, Let's see. So in Pandemic, you and your team work together to save the world from a worldwide pandemic of fatal diseases. I thought they would say a little bit more about it, but there you go. Uh, deck building games. So these would be like Dominion, Clank, Roll for the Galaxy. <laughs> Legendary, a Marvel deck building game. Concordia, Above and Below. Um, so these are the types of games that are... Yeah, pause for for Reggie. Okay, where did I leave off? Deck building games. So deck building games are where you're basically like collecting resources, like you're drawing cards in some form. Um, sometimes there's like multiple different types of cards that you can draw for, and it's like you're building resources and spending them to maybe build something or maybe actually just attacking other players um, with something. Um, they're usually like fast-paced games um, with quicker rounds, um, especially because there's like no setup really involved with a lot of deck building games. Um, I don't know, like, have you played any deck building games recently? Or Not recently, but I have played a few. I'm trying to, like, um, 
I always forget the name of it, but it, it's like that that one game that we played with you once that you just called confusing the game. That, and that's the name of it. <laughs> it's I can't that, remember. That was one I didn't like, but I do like other deck building games, but just not that one. <laughs> I think if you if you had if you spent a little more time with it, you might like it because it was like it's just the rules are really confusing to learn at first, but like once you actually know what you're doing, it's pretty it's pretty good. Um and like the runs go really quick. Like once you actually do know what you're doing, I have to remember remember what the name of the game is. I forget because I forgot where I even put it. It's Starts like, with an M, doesn't it? Mont 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 Mont. It looks like Monaco. Um. Mont Hey, you're right. It's it's uh it's it's Montanai. That was the name of the game. So like Montanai, you're like trying to build like wonders or gain points and doing other stuff it's really weird and hard to like get used to because the rules don't really they don't do a great job of explaining the rules but like once you actually know what you're doing it's pretty cool so like now some games will allow you to like level up your cards um during the game but yeah so area control so this is like this is your risk this is your war of the ring your star wars rebellion Twilight Struggle, like Risk is like one of my favorite games. I love Risk because you're just really strategizing on where you you want to take your troops, and uh, our games last for hours and hours and hours because we just go all out. Um, yeah, it can. Last time we played, I got eliminated early on. Yeah, I remember that. Like I, that was that I, was I was the first one to go, and then I was like, well. <laughs> Nice knowing you guys. <laughs> that like never happens either. Like most of the time, like usually everybody's in the game till like the very bitter end where we're rolling like we're we're rolling with like thirty to forty like troops at a time. I've become a in a lot of board games we play, I become a huge target. Because you're so I, good at board games. Well, I, I, I intentionally make myself the villain, but I, I feel like the first few times when I play a game with people, I usually, like, crush everybody. And then from then on, everybody's like, like oh, okay, we need okay. to screw Marcus over early. We gotta fuck Marcus and, or he fucks us. And then I can't do anything because <laughs> everybody gangs up on me. Not to play a victim here, because like I said, I, I play a villain a lot of the times. Yeah, um, <laughs> but like, nah, man, risk is when you get to like our level of risk, it gets ridiculous because like at we get to a point where it's like it's close to the end of the game and it just it it all comes down to like who can <laughs> like you, you you have one person that just rolls across the entire world with a single army, but they don't quite finish everybody off because they don't have they have just just not enough pieces in order to make that happen <laughs> and and then so then the next person takes their turn and they're like oh i have like a million cards to turn in now here's my 50 bajillion army and I, you only have like one guy per per country left <laughs> so like i just roll through and you get to roll your one little fucking die <laughs> that's at least the fun way to do it if you i know some people will like cash in and then like not spread themselves thin <laughs> usually if i'm like if i can almost take the game i'll i'll try to yeah if you think you're gonna get it and just fucking it's like might as well try 
Because otherwise, then you're just like, okay, now I got to wait. And then they're going to try to take me over. And I got to wait to cash in more of my cards. And yeah, just. But then you get to that point where uh, you draw the end of game card, which is like now like a newer thing in Risk. Like that never that never used to be a thing in Risk. So the next category is secret identity games. And this one's one we've played a lot of. Um, so like obviously like Secret Hitler is one. We played a lot of that. Secret um, Hitler's great. One Night Ultimate Werewolf. That's a fantastic game. And rounds go really quick with that one. And for those games, you're uh it's like you almost have to like have a companion app that plays something that tells because like usually like you all close your eyes and then then you would need a proctor yeah i wish we get back to board games so we can get this yeah this. let's get this done <laughs> so okay so now we're back from our major distraction of the the game awards it's finally over so now we're just gonna power through the rest of this so the first part of this podcast will probably be a little just disjointed um, because we were like live reacting to the game awards while we were doing this. And I might just leave some of that stuff in just because it was funny. <laughs> um, but uh, so we were talking last, we kind of left off with secret identity games. So, I mean, we talked about Secret Hitler. We talked about One Night. Do you want to talk Ultimate. individually about a lot of these or what, what do you want to do? Well, I'm just kind of, I'm You're trying to go through all these. There's Well, I mean, there's like four more categories and then we're gonna loop back around yeah so then we'll kind of okay. loop back around to like and talk about spe- specific games uh once we get through these categories i want to talk about like euro games and stuff since that's like like the thing um so the secret identity games are like it's like it's a game where you like basically all everybody's closing their eyes and then you have like something narrating games of deception yeah so like so everybody has to close their eyes and then they'll the narrator will like everybody has a role like you have a secret role and nobody else knows who that is and sometimes you can have similar roles where you're like you're on a team with other people and you'll know that by like the narrator will say like such and such open your eyes and and you open your eyes and you can see who the other people are um that are on your team and then they'll say you close your eyes and then it'll tell someone else to open up their eyes and you have to like do like an action in the middle of the game, like like while everybody's eyes are closed. So then once everybody's eyes are open, then you have to guess, um, you argue. It's a lot of arguing um, and deducing who is the bad guy or who's doing what. And I mean, which so or even I mean, it's a little a little less so for um, Secret Hitler, but that's more like you pass around the cards and then you're just going around and um everybody has a secret role and you're just kind of going around and passing votes and whatnot and that's kind of it's a little bit different but yeah it's there's cool cool different mechanics that can where you're it's more emergent gameplay rather than like something's going on in the game it's all based on like how well you trust your friends or how well you argue (laughs) Um, then there's legacy games. Like these are like, this is like a newer thing. That's it's more recent where it's like you're, you're, the board game changes after every play because things you do act like actually affect the board permanently. Um, so like, like with pandemic legacy, I think you get like what, 10 playthroughs of that. Yeah. That or risk legacy. Yeah. Um, which, which I've, I've wanted to play risk legacy or pandemic legacy. Yeah. I'd love to play one of these, but you need to. You have reliably to be with the, get together yeah because you need to play with like the same people or else it's not as cool and there's also like 
I guess there's like Pandemic Legacy season two now. Yeah. Which is, uh, I, I, well, actually, I think they're even moving on to season three eventually. Oh, really? Wow. Season two has been out for a while. Oh, has it? I'm, I'm behind on my board games a little bit because I've been playing as much. Um, then we have party games, which are like, these are your other like casual <laughs> games. Um, so a lot of, it's it usually involves a lot of drinking. Um, but oh, is this like Cards Against Humanity? Yeah, like, Cards Against Humanity, categories. Um they, they call Secret Hit. They put Secret Hitler in this category, but I feel like Secret <laughs> Hitler is more is definitely this um, more so in the um, yeah Secret Identity game. I mean, it is, it's but, but kind of a party it's, game. But it's it's a little bit of both. I mean, Werewolves also a little bit of both. Yeah, um, but they're like I think like party games are more like the games that are like more easily recognizable to just regular people that don't typically play board games. Like, oh, we're at a party and they have. Uh, joking Hazard out on the table. I'm going to play Joking Hazard or Cards Against well, Humanity. Well, I was going to say two other games that go in the uh, se- secret identity category. Well, actually, three other games uh, would be something like Whitechapel. Oh, yeah. Um, dr- the I think it's just called Dracula, uh, but it's made by the same people who make Whitechapel, but somebody plays Dracula. Yeah. Um, and uh, what was the other one? Well, I guess, I guess Dracula isn't because you know who is oh. Dracula. Wait, so what What would uh, but, Haunting at ha- House on the Hill... That one's tough because it it's not someone quite becomes secret. A, yeah, someone becomes a secret, but it's not even secret, like you know. But uh, what which what you call it? uh, I keep wanting to say Walking Dead, but uh, Dead of Winter. Dead, yeah, Dead of Winter is is a secret identity one. Yeah, or, or can be because somebody can be. It's a part of it. Yeah, that um, also falls under. It's like the a mechanic co-op. of it. That also falls under the co op game though. Yeah, because for the most part, it is that. Um. Yeah, but I mean, party games. There's like, and there's like a little. They're like, what's that? What's that one game? Um, like I've never or loaded questions, like stuff uh, like that. Never have I. Yeah, ever. never have I ever. Where it's just like a, an excuse to take shots and drinks. Yeah. Um, and then there's puzzle games. Oh, there's actually two more categories. There's puzzle games, which are like just straight up thing puzzles. Like you're just solving puzzles. Um. So, like, Labyrinth, Quicks, Patchwork, Santorini, Torres, or just straight-up puzzles. <laughs> Santorini's great. Um, I don't have a lot of uh, experience with uh, puzzle games, because I mostly play, like, I don't know. I, I, it's hard to describe what I play, because I don't play puzzle games, <laughs> really. Um, combat games. So, these are, like, King of Tokyo, Stratego, Coop, Diplomacy, Paths of Glory, um, so these are just games where you uh, are just fighting with characters or cards, so I'm not sure if, like, they would include, like, actual, like, Warhammer and something like this, but that's more of a tabletop, but, yeah, I don't know, they don't describe the combat games very well, because it's, like, I feel like a lot of games incorporate combat in them anyway, um, especially like uh, haunting at House on the Hill, like there, there's combat in that game. Yeah. Um, it's not great combat, but there is combat. <laughs> it's not great combat. Is there is there really any good combat in board games? That, like just in straight up just a board game. I mean, well, I mean, combat's pretty good in uh, the Dark Souls game. Yeah, I think combat's um, all right in that. And Arcadia in, Quest is yeah, good. Yeah, Arcadia Quest is all right. Um, but yeah, so let's talk about like what makes what's a Euro game versus like I don't know what's what is all a Euro other game? games <laughs> all yeah like because you you know a little more about that than I do I know the term but I I don't really know like the identifying factors 
I mean, of, aside from being typically made in Europe, yeah. But Euro games usually just involve a lot of like resource management or like, and usually strategizing involving resource management. Uh, so like I said, it, yeah. So like the Catan, Catan is really like the touchstone for Euro games. Yeah. Uh, but but that that expands into like uh, what's another good example? Well, I mean, I mean, two of the biggest ones I've already talked about, but yeah, Catan and uh. Ticket to Ride are, yeah. are two of like kind of the the OG uh, Euro games, uh, but but there are a lot of newer Euro games because that's kind of expanded, and usually a lot of the newer stuff gets more in depth than something like those. I, I think uh, stuff like Ticket to Ride and Catan are very surface level, which I think is something that makes them classics. But obviously, there's games like that uh, Food ma- Magnet. Uh, fast, the, fast food magnet or whatever it it's is. Uh, fast, yeah, fast food mag magnet. Yeah, Ma- mag magnet mag magnate magnate magnate. Not not magnet magnate. Yeah, but that which is like all turns happen like simultaneously. <laughs> that's and just an there, insane There's game. a lot of like I need to get that building and resource managing, and that's kind of I think like one of the pinnacles of Euro gaming. Um, it's like playing fast food tycoon on a board game. <laughs> Yeah, it's just, uh, usually it is, I I think of it in terms of, like, when I think of, like, video games, a a lot of it is kind of like a RTS, but not necessarily in in combat stuff, just once again, a lot of, like, strategizing and building, or something almost like Civ. Yeah, which, I mean, even, like, Catan, it's the hexagonal tiles tiles and whatnot, same thing in, 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 um civilization so but yeah usually they're, they're kind of like slower more methodical games uh which a lot of thinking involved involve a lot of resources and usually not uh and diff- multiple types of resources even yeah usually usually combat isn't like a heavy focus like you usually you're not once again it's it's kind of like a it's resource management over combat like over yeah. anything else really because a lot of games do a lot of different things but yeah this isn't like a global domination type game or anything like that. Most Euro games aren't really. Um, I guess in some ways they're it's it's like a modified version of Monopoly is kind of like a Euro game. A better Monopoly. A way better Monopoly. <laughs> way better optimized and balanced. <laughs> um, but yeah, usually yeah. a lot of currencies and a lot of different like exchanging things for th- other things and building stuff and. Yeah, I I think I like stuff like that, building building games. Um, it's not like traversing a board. Yeah, it's typically. not just rolling dice and moving around, or even a game where you like you have you have like a number of like spaces you can move, and you just move them. You just like okay, I'll just move the maximum amount of spaces I can move. Because <laughs> I mean, what do, what else do you do other than that? There's the like. In in haunting at House on the Hill, there, there's a uh, or the speed stat, or it's not. I, I keep calling it haunting. It's betrayal at House on the Hill. Betrayal at the House on the Hill. Yeah, there's no haunting in it, but in the name, but yeah, betrayal at how on the, on the house, house on, on the Hill. hill. <laughs> it's a weird name. I, actually, I'm gonna look this. I think you might be right. I just call it betrayal. Betrayal. I have peak oil, and I haven't played it yet. Okay, here we go. Betrayal at House on the Hill. A strategy or a, a something game by something something. The picture's too blurry. Um, yeah, so that one, it's like 
you're just moving the maximum amount of spaces you can move so that you can explore more areas or like you don't or you sacrifice just, that so you can land in a certain spot so that you can get like a stat boost or just flicking up as many tiles as you can like well yeah you can obviously only you have to stop after you flick up a tile for the most part but yeah there's like the few rare occasions where you just flip up a hallway tile like okay i guess i'm gonna keep going yeah it's but most of the time it's like something happens and you're like okay well now i gotta do a omen roll yeah, that that game's actually fairly easy to understand, and I think that's the only thing that's hard to understand is once you get to the haunt. Yeah, it it's. I think that game is in most people's collection. I, I think like yeah, Catan, Ticket to Ride, and that are in about everybody's board game collection. Yeah, I even have Ticket to Ride Europe now. Oh, the real Euro version. <laughs> the real Euro version. Um. Yeah. I'm like I said I I'm into Euro games because I really like deep strategy like that but I know it's usually a lot of rules usually a lot of a lot of learning it's harder to get into yeah and and they're slow paced games like yeah for slow gaming sessions so I can see why most of my friends wouldn't be into it <laughs> um and then I I do like I like more uh, RPG focused games or games that have like RPG elements or basically like D and D light games. Yeah, so that would be like the your Arcadia Quest is a really good version of that. Yeah, or or world domination type games like like Risk. I've Risk. never played Ally and Axes, but or and I we have I think both of us have Rising Sun, which I've never actually played. Um, yeah, I played and it. I don't have. <laughs> I don't own Blood Rage, which I know Rising Sun is just uh, like Oriental version of Blood Rage. Yeah, I think so. But I've heard many good things about all those games. But yeah, it's just like I like those games. But once again, very rule intensive. So you have to sit down and go over the rules or watch like like videos of people playing. Yeah. And it, it that's a monumental task in and of itself. So usually yeah. you settle back down to playing like, okay, let's play something <laughs> play everybody you know. knows. Yeah. So betrayal is always an easy fallback or like, yeah. Also, it depends on what you're doing in the night. Um, like, I think uh, something like Werewolf or, uh, or Secret Hitler are easy fallbacks just because those games are easy and. You always have people in the group where um, you're never sure how dedicated they are. Yeah. Like, like I and I wish you could be more up. Well, even being upfront with people, I feel they're never upfront with themselves. <laughs> so you'll be like, "Hey, we're, this game's gonna take like an hour or two. Yeah. And then they're like, "Like, yeah, I'm down." And then and then they get like a half hour into it, and like I'm bored. Yeah. And then they just like walk away, and that's <laughs> never great. Um, I know we've had people quit in the middle of risk, and that like can ruin a whole game. Yeah. Because then it's like, hey, how do we balance this out and even this out? Um, yeah, it's like, oh, do we just give the pieces randomly or? <laughs> yeah, I mean, just it, have like a AI player. <laughs> yeah, like it's just never. I've also had that happen in Monopoly in like the most BS way where someone quit in the middle of it and just gave all their stuff to another player, which. Oh, was, yeah, that's always fun. Well, it's it like, ruined the every, whole game. Everybody else gets fucked because then it's like, oh, now that the, person has like double the property. Yeah, and they got like a ton of monopolies out of it, and they had a ridiculous amount of money, um, which I feel is like poor sportsmanship. Like in that case, we should. I kept being like, okay, we should auction off their property and whatnot. Yeah, but it's one of those things where I'm like, it's not really in the rules that they, they, it was one of those situations where they'll they're like, I'm giving him all my stuff for a dollar, and then they, so it was just like, I, it's. In Monopoly's rules specifically, you you can technically trade for anything. Yeah. 
like even other like things outside the game. Like I could be like, hey, Justin, I'm going to buy you a burrito at Taco Bell for that property. And you'd be like, all right. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's which once again, I hate to keep bringing up Monopoly, but I have played a lot of Monopoly, but it's been <laughs> screwed it's, many it's like, times by people being like, hey, let's play Monopoly. You get it out. You set it up. Yeah. You go around the board once. And then that said person who wanted to play it quits. I feel like Monopoly is like the board game litmus test, but. <laughs> At the same time, I feel like it's quickly becoming not the case because a lot of like people that are having kids now aren't playing Monopoly with their kids. They're playing, like you said, the like Catan or the, the new Ticket classics. To Ride. Yeah, like people aren't like, oh yeah, let's play Monopoly like like our families did. So I think that's kind of going away. And like I said, I still have like somewhat of a fondness for Monopoly because it's like. Monopoly is hell bent on high highs and low lows. Yeah. So it is like when you're winning, it feels great. But every yeah. you you know deep down everybody else who's losing feels like shit. Yeah, when you're losing, you're a piece of shit and everybody <laughs> you hate everybody. Yeah, so it it's one of those games. Where at least Ticket to Ride, I feel good like the whole time. It's it, the only time I feel bad is when you're totaling up the score and like you see everybody who did their like secret objectives or just any of their objectives of building railroads places, and you're like, I didn't get, like, any of those, and their points are, like, going up and up and up, and you're like, I my points, are, I, I feel, I was in first, now I'm in last. <laughs> yeah, and, and I, I can't remember for sure, it might have been Monopoly, when I was playing with, like, back when I was in college, and I was playing with some people, and, like, my friend just, like, they, um... Like, they're all in a, a great mood. Everybody was in a good mood, and we started playing this game, and then, like, they kind of started losing, and then they just, like, their their whole attitude just turned sour, and they got, like, really cranky, and it's, like, kind of ruined the whole mood because, like, they were just mad the rest of the night because of the game. And I can't remember for sure, like, 100% certain what game it was. It, it was if, if it was Monopoly, it could have very well even been Magic the Gathering. Which caused it? Fuck. I, I've i had games of Magic the Gathering, Monopoly, or Risk where people take it very personally when they lose. Yeah. And, it, and it's like, it, it's, it's a game. Or, like, one of the worst was in Risk. I uh, Or people that, like, gloat way too much when they are winning. <laughs> and it's just like, come on, it's a game. In, in Risk, at one point, I had to make a temporary alliance with somebody. And, I, I mean, I let them know it's, like, a temporary alliance just so we could, like, prevent the person in first. But then said person in second got like they, they, they got control of a continent and I was like well I'm not going to give let you just have control of a continent because then you're going to be in first and yeah. you're going to be steamrolling everybody and so so I like killed one of their units and then they just like it, it became a thing where they were like I don't care if I win I just need to make sure Marcus loses yeah so they which I mean, it happened. Like I just I placed last, but it was like not from then on. It the game just wasn't fun. Yeah, and it's like all because of one territory. But I mean, I've, I and I've had that in Monopoly as well. But yeah, it's just I don't know it, it, things. And I've had, in Magic the Gathering. It's more been like rule disputes because some of the cards have weird effects where you just yeah. can't agree on how an effect works. And you're always you're always sitting there like googling like. The official rulings on card language and well, and some of this becomes why I prefer it in a digital space because in that space it's it all that stuff's do, dictated by yeah. a computer, so you don't have to worry about it. You don't have to worry about rule fact checking. Yeah, but same it, thing with Monopoly. Like when you when you when you land on a space and you don't want to buy it or you can't afford it, it forces you to auction it. <laughs> you have to follow the rules. 
I I, it, I actually prefer a digital monopoly or risk um, to physical because you don't have all the fucking setup. And, yeah. Like I know all that. I've never bullshit. played like digital risk, but like definitely digital monopoly is really really slick. I've played that or or even like um. Digital risk is a lot faster because you can just auto you you can just click auto roll and it'll just go through <laughs> all the rolls real quick. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I, I don't know. That stuff's a lot better that yeah. way. Like versus... I played a digital t- t- ticket uh, ticket to ride and that was really good. And now it's that's something I talked. I don't know if I mentioned it ever on the podcast, but yeah, you'd mentioned the they the AI doesn't take the wild cards. Yeah, the AI never takes the wild cards, so you can crash the game <laughs> by pitting four AIs against each other. And so weird. once it piles up on at four, four wild cards in the uh, on the sideboard, the game crashes because they never choose to pick them. It's great. Um, yeah, and then also like, um, like ticket, not ticket. Um, that that Fortune Street game, like just alternate, <laughs> alternate, alternative Monopoly. Fortune Street. It's like the best version is, of Monopoly. Yes, it, it is. We need, they need a new one. We need love of yeah. God. That's very, very underrated game. Like if you can find Fortune Street and you have a Wii or a Wii U, I highly recommend it. Like it's so much better than Monopoly in like every way. Yeah. It, well, because you don't have to have a quote unquote monopoly to build up property. You can just invest yeah. in it, but you, you can invest you, in a stock market. So you can invest yeah. in like, hey, uh, Justin's got a lot of good properties with a lot of big hotels and houses. I can I can invest in stock in him, and yeah. then I can, I can get rich too. <laughs> or like you invest in someone early on in the game, and then they do really well. But then you're picking up all the dividends from them starting to do well. <laughs> oh, it's so, God, it's really good. It's really it's so much better than just be like oh you have to own all the property before you can start building. You're like I'm just like I'm have all this extra money. I'm just gonna start investing in my properties with well, this money. Well, and there was a, uh, which I forget what iteration Fortune Street was. I think it was like the fifth or sixth rendition of it, but it's it, it's well, called it's the, Ichidaki Street. Yeah, because it's, it's the only one that came to the U.S. It's the only one that's been localized. Well, and it sucks because it's because it was on the Wii, I, d- I think it underperformed. Yeah. So I doubt they'll ever bring the other ones over. <sighs> but the one on the Wii had uh, Dragon Quest characters and Nintendo characters. Yeah. And the But the regular game usually has uh, Dragon Quest and Final Fantasy characters. Huh. Um, and I think there was one on the PS3 was probably the last one. And then but it had that horrific announcer. I think there also was one on the uh, f- on phones, but only in Japan. Huh. Um, but yeah, it's just like I want more of that game because I, it, it, I, it's stupid. It, it's got like the slime races, and yeah. <laughs> you pick like what slime you think's gonna win. Yeah, and there's also like. Um, like a game like that in a board game would be so hard to do just because like calculations for like investing in property in the stock market and whatnot would be oh, God. very difficult to calculate for a board game. Um, so that's why that's, that's an area where like a board game as a, as a video game works really well. Um, I mean, obviously like Mario party is one of those, a roll and move type game, but there's also like the mini games involved. So that's where you want to know the worst rendition of something like that is the animal crossing board game thing that they put out on the Wii U. Oh God. Cause you don't, th- there are no mini games really. You just roll and go around the board. That's it. Yep. And you, is- and you, to roll, you have to use the amiibos. <laughs> it has to scan the amiibo. To oh, roll. that's terrible. There's no point in it. It's just a bunch of dice and you roll them. You just roll and go around the board. <laughs> 
I oh man, I still Stupid. need to find that dice rolling game. Um, and you've never played uh, God, I want to call it King of the Monsters, but I know that's not the name of it. Uh, King of Tokyo. No, or, I haven't. Yeah, that game's pretty good. You just roll a bunch of dice. Uh, <laughs> it's yeah, it is just roll a bunch of dice. Uh, it, it's like a good dumb game. It, it was made by uh, Magic the Gathering vets. Strangely, oh, really? yeah. It, it it doesn't look like it, but it was. Um, but yeah, you just pick like a monster you fight, and you guys just roll dice. Um, what is it called? Uh, Sentinels of the Multiverse, which is a card like a hero based card game. Uh, that game's really good, and I know there is a Steam rendition of it as well, which is supposedly really good, but I've never checked it out. Yeah. But yeah, Sentinels of the Multiverse is like. It's strange because, like, it, you pick heroes and you verse, like, bad guys, and they're kind of like Marvel slash DC knockoffs, but apparently it's its own thing, and there are there are comics that they're based on, these characters, but they're just not, like, Marvel slash DC characters. <laughs> I'm like, that's super strange. Yeah. What else? Because, man, we haven't played board games in a really long time. It has been a while. Uh, but, yeah, we talked a little bit about Arcadia Quest, which it, I... I really like Arcadia Quest, but we we've only played it like a fistful of times. But you, it, it's a really it, solid game. It's is D and D light basically. Yeah. But or like it's like Hero Quest basically. Uh, but yeah, you just uh, you know what the best part of Heroes Quest. <laughs> you you have like little campaigns and you're doing the the PVE, but you, there also is PVP, so you you can like attack other players which i think is some well, of the fun like, in it it's like not just can it's like it's part of the like at in order to to win to win you have to at least attack another player to get a token well, you don't have to do that though i thought that was one of the conditions like you it's, had to like it do is like, a condition but you can uh close a campaign without doing that condition oh okay you, I, I guess you're right yeah if you if three conditions i think i think it's at like at least two out of the whatever conditions but like I think you're right on the three. It's just uh, PvP but like is if, one of the easiest ones if, to do. If, and so, then, if other people... Because like there's ones where it's like you have to go... You have to get to a specific location, which means you have to kill some if, enemies, and then you... Can, and you can pick one up one of two weapons, and and if somebody's so if, already done stuff like that, then yeah. So you if can't like two, it. if the other two people got them, then your only option is to that like well now that's that's locked out. So now the only possible way for you to win is to collect a token by killing someone. Well, I think once again, this is a case where I think shitting on other players in that aspect is part of the fun. <laughs> yeah. But once again, people, certain people, yeah. can, they they take things way too seriously, and then they take things too far. So hypothetically, um, if which I know a lot of people are like, well, just don't play with those people, and it's like, well, it sucks if they're a regular person you hang out with. But yeah, it's just uh, if, if sad sack gets killed in the first round like like haha i killed I, I screwed you over like haha you expecting full well like hey they'll screw me over at some point but yeah. it becomes like like i said some of these people will be like no i'm only screwing you over so the the entire game you, the, you're just getting fucked by this person 24 7 so it's like not only do you have to deal with them fucking you over but you have to deal with any other players fucking you over constantly and, and like malicious fucking you over like to the point where they're not even doing the objective they're just going out of their way to be nasty to you yeah and it's like it, it's just like like hypothetically like camp spawning like if we if we had to go like go get let's say just get a magical staff and then bring it back to your base they would just be waiting at your base for you to come back and then, God forbid, if you defend yourself and win, it's just going to make them so much more mad. 
um, which I've been in situations like that too. And then that, which leads to some people being like, I'm never going to play this ever again. Uh, table flipping. <laughs> yeah. Liter- literally just ruining the game for everybody else. What, which I mean, the bad apples happens it, strangely in board games more than I think video games, but I've had it happen in yeah all all types of games. Um, yeah, I don't I don't, I don't know what uh, encourages that. Uh, Ju- Justin here is not one of those people. He's he's in it for the long haul. Sometimes too long of a haul. <laughs> sometimes when I'm like, hey, we should just call it, we we know where this game is going. We'll just call it here, and he's like, no, we need to see this through. We gotta see it through to the very end. <laughs> <laughs> gotta get that final that final roll. <laughs> yeah, I like I like following through on the games. Um, I know J- Justin here has a game called uh, Super Fight, which yeah is pretty fun. It's a, it, that's kind of it's a, a party, drinking game. Yeah, or it's a card definitely game. a part party game. But uh, you you pick each like basically you'll pick a a person and then you'll pick a like power. Yeah. So there's two, um, there's two trait or there's two decks of cards. Um, they're huge decks. <laughs> um, and one is like a, it's like a person or an object or something. It's like a noun. And then there is their attributes deck, which is, um, like it can be a good thing. Like it could be a superpower or it can really fuck you over. And so like the point of the game is that you have, you set down like you have you pick your character because isn't it out of your yeah. hand you pick your character and you pick yeah. an attribute and then you pick then, one random one out of the deck yes uh, yeah so like you pick a character you pick the attribute that you think is really good that that can go up against a fight with somebody else and then you draw one from random and also place that on your character so it can be something like oh it's abraham lincoln and an invisibility he, he, cloak. Yeah, he's an invisibility cloak, and then like you can get a trait that's his bl- neck like, is ten feet long. Yeah, like like really dumb shit like that. And then, um, you have to uh go. Uh, you have to fight with another person who does the same thing, and you basically you are you make your case on who would win. And there's like a timer. Sometimes you can you can use a timer if you want makes the game go a little faster, but it's like a two minute timer to make your case um, per person. And then the other players that are um, witnessing you argue are the jury and they vote on who wins the round and the winner. um, And it goes around to the next person, though. The person who won has to face off against the next person until until that person gets knocked off and so on. Um, That game is fun, but it has flaws. Yeah. It, it definitely has flaws because it gets to a point where it's like you've created a character so powerful that nobody can possibly defeat it. Well, and I mean, people will sometimes just vote against you at a certain point. Yeah, people are like, you've been like winning too much, so I'm just going to not vote for your character because you've like yeah. no one's ever going to be. Even if your argument is like rock solid. And the, but there also becomes a certain point where it's like. I don't know. Maybe this is just our group playing, but where it's like, I've kind of said everything. Like, I feel like I'm just rehashing old arguments. Yeah. It's like, okay, I've said everything I need to say about this character. So yeah. Like, like it's one punch man. Okay. Go. Your one punch man still lost. (laughs) Forget specifically why I think you were old, super old. 
I can't remember. So you like crumpled. I think you were like a thousand years old. <laughs> so you just like crumpled the dust. But yeah, it's just I don't know. I I, I like that game, but it has a lot of issues and i kind of like granted we could just house rule some of this stuff but i'm like i kind of wish you got like more traits as you went oh if you just you just keep getting more like you like mega man style keep getting more you, powerful yeah, you, <laughs> you know like you absorb the powers of yeah, of the person you, you defeat. get a random trait from the person you defeat which could be a negative trait that that could be a fun way to go about it too you, you flip there a were, coin and you get heads or tails tails is the negative trait heads is a good trait the thing about that game too though is i think there's like five or six different sets of rules that you can go by because yeah you can do the battle royale where everybody picks something and then you all which i i, I think that one's more fair because you you all have a, a thing that's all fighting at once basically yeah and then you kind of everybody votes on who basically had the strongest argument for why they would be everybody else. <laughs> I, I I think I like that one better because then it wipes the slate clean yeah. after one turn. They should do that, but for... They should do, like, the same type of game, but for WWE, and they can just call that Rumble Royale. <laughs> and it's like, it'll be traits like your, your, your leg is broken, but you have a chair. <laughs> you get smacked over the someone's head. Which I mean, here we like we seem to like a lot of games where we're just arguing all the time because yeah. because like uh Secret Hitler and Werewolf are very much that where you're yeah. like and, but you're also really just trying to suss out what happened. They're very quick and almost no setup to play. Yeah, which I think is why we mostly play those. Yeah, time, little low time is time is of uh there's little time lately to do anything like that i mean well um, also like, if you're drinking then you don't run the risk of uh spilling stuff all over your wrist cards yeah you <laughs> r.i.p uh that was very sad i feel so bad for you i'm just glad it wasn't me that spilled that yeah i know <laughs> at least it was me ruining my own game i know but uh which i can't remember. i guess that still applies for our risk because we have, I have a version of Risk that's like 100% wood. So like your your version of Risk, it's like the pieces are wood, and then you have like the um, just like a regular board, which is like really tiny. No, I have a, my set is like an antique set. Well, because yours is like the board. The board is small, so we can't fit all the pieces on it. So what we would end up doing a lot is we would... We, we mix sets. Yeah, you would use the wood pieces from your board because they're not like little tiny army men that just tip over when you bump yeah, them. Yeah, because you have the newer board, which is yeah. a bit bigger than that yeah. specific set. Well, but I do have an huge. I do have the antique set. Yeah. But I like to do the wood pieces on the new board. Yeah, because the board's bigger and it's easier to see and, and then move pieces around. You also have the new cards with newer rules. Yeah, but also... the old rules kind of suck. Yeah, but also I do have like, um, it it was another one of the special editions that Target put out where it's um the board itself is wood. It's like four just four giant jigsaw pieces you just slap together, and it comes in a wooden box, and the pieces oh, are wood. Cool. Um, and I think obviously the only thing that's not wood are the the deck of cards. I'm like, wouldn't be a, that'd not? be awesome if that was also wood? <laughs> <laughs> then you would never ruin them. There's nothing to ruin ever. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um. I've been thinking of just getting like sli that's uh, that's the other thing you can go really deep in on too for board games is like protecting all of your stuff like getting sleeves like they make sleeves for pretty much any size of card 
for board games. See, I've never gone down that rabbit hole that far, even though yeah. I should, because I don't have like a nice board game table with like nice cup holders, and like it's not mandatory that everybody has a cup with a lid. <laughs> I know that's a, that's the one thing I kind of I should probably enforce for board games. Be like, yeah, you gotta have a cup with the lid. Yeah, it's at this table, like a sealable cup. Yeah, like something that like you can't like hit with your hand and just yeah, I mean, just all over the table. It it's suck. happened to the best of us. You yeah, know? but like they they make like sleeves for cards. Like even like because Arcadia Quest has like tiny cards and you can get sleeves for those. And they even make like sleeves for like the board, like the pieces themselves. Like the, the tile, the floor tiles. I, I have a handy trick, and it's called playing somebody else's copy of the game and not your own. <laughs> you never have to worry Leave about mine, it. cherry. And I know that's that's the other thing too. Like the amount of like the amount of different stuff that I have for Arcadia Quest that's like super exclusive that will never be. Yeah, I was like, like imagine ruining a Kickstarter exclusive like oh cards god. or pieces. Like, yeah. Oh my god. That'd be like the worst. I know, I like, some, some companies are good about it. Like, if it's new enough, they might replace it for you, but... I mean, we're if it's been like far enough out. Yeah, it's far enough out that they're probably like, yeah, sorry, like, there's none of that stuff left. I still keep thinking of... Uh, I, I just got an update from that board game that I backed, like, five <laughs> years ago. <laughs> the Super Dungeon Explorer so, 2. So, you know what they said they're gonna do? This is, like... I can't believe this shit. They're like, okay, what we're going to do, because we don't really have a lot of money, is we're going to produce the pieces, and you'll get the pieces very piecemeal, like, as we complete sets, but we're doing that so we can put the sets on shelf and sell the sets, (laughs) and hopefully with that money we can fund the creation (laughs) of the other molds. Yeah, that's that's sometimes that's a risk you take with board games on Kickstarter. Well, I mean, in in fairness, that's what Dark Souls did. Yeah, because Dark Souls was like, hey, but they still well, at fi- least put out like the full. They, they gave you they the did full everything. Game. They did everything right. Yeah, like it's one of the few Kickstarts that I think they did, despite the fact that they released kind of weird. They did things correctly by being like, okay, we are shipping out the full game first. You're getting that first. Yeah, with with no stretch goals, nothing. Um, which was mostly so they were like, okay, we're taking care of the Kickstarter backers, giving them the full game, but then we can put the full game on shelves so we can start selling it and making money. Yeah. And then, and then they were like, okay, here's expansions. So then we can shove out the expansions, put those on shelves and then sell those and make money. And then we can put out the stretch goals last. Yeah. Which I, in fair, like I have zero complaints with that. Like, yeah. I was like, that's fine. At least you guys were upfront about that. In this case, and it worked. I mean, we we got the game at like within what not even a year after, yeah, um, kickstarting it, and we got to play the game, have some fun with it, and then like six months later, we got the other pieces, so we got to be excited about that. And just recently, like a few weeks ago, they shipped out the last uh, Kickstarter exclusive stuff. So yeah, with all all the stretch goals, the sp- yeah. the character packs, the phantom packs, so got a big old that. box of extra stuff that I haven't even brought downstairs with to put with the rest of the board games yet which, which is pretty cool and, and like like i said i i'm 100 okay with them doing that through kickstart but obviously dungeon explorer legends 2 has been the worst like the worst <laughs> yeah. kickstart and i may never see that because recently i'm sure you saw stuff about the the coolest cooler which was one of the most successful kickstarts ever um which is now not 
basically, basically they ran out of money, so a lot of yeah. Kickstarter backers aren't getting their thing, and they're like, "We're getting a refund of twenty dollars." So they're like, "I basically like I backed this thing at several hundred dollars, and I'm getting twenty bucks back." That sucks. Which yeah. is, and there's also like the <laughs> not board game related, but the um the 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 VCS Kickstarter. The, I think it was like was it the Sega VCS or is it Atari? No, the Atari, Atari. CCS, VCS, which is where they're like. The people that kickstarted it were supposed to get it before the end of the year, and they're like, "Yeah, no, that's no." <laughs> I mean, you always run a risk with these things. I mean, you just, see. Unfortunately, you just need to like hopefully trust the company. Yeah, there's certain companies in, that are good about it, but in my case with Dungeon Explorer Legends, it's like uh, the the company is still making board games. Yeah, like that's the shittiest part is they keep making board games and new board games and new pieces for board games, and they, they still haven't finished this one. Yeah, that is, like, the shittiest situation, because you're like, you know, they're still doing stuff, but at the same like, time, you know, like, if they were to, uh, like... You fucking shit yeah. away, like, 300 of my dollars. Yeah, exactly. Um, but then you have companies like um, Cool Mini or not, otherwise known as Come On, where they do like a bunch of Kickstarters and they are always they just good use about it yeah. as a pre-order platform. Yeah, and that works I think pretty well because then they're able to like get an accurate number of how much they want to buy for an initial order from the printers and whatnot. I think I think it's a smart way to do it. If like I don't know, I, I keep thinking of the Shenmue three game that just came out. Yeah. Um, which I mean, Shenmue fans like it, but it, it comes down to the fact that. I think that that game is not going to sell well, like now that it's actually out in the wild, because I think all the people who wanted it backed they it on backed Kickstarter. It, yeah. So, so now I'm like, oh, we have terrible sales. It's like, well, kind of, like, but no shit. Because <laughs> which in that case, which I don't know how much this happens with board games, but it's like in the case with something like Shenmue, that game was very expensive to make, despite looking like an absolute turd. Yeah, like. The, the voice acting basically it took no lessons from any of modern games at all like the voice acting is like a fucking joke but still somehow cost like basically 20 million to make that they like pooped away and, and it's like you're not gonna make the the roi is like non-existent for something like that but yeah but i don't know with board games like because i i don't know with, with this particular kickstarter it's like I think the Kickstarter raised about like three million or something like that, like t- two point something million. It was quite a bit. Yeah. But somehow they're like, yeah, we ran out of money and we <laughs> like haven't produced anything. And they're like, like, the scope of the game just got like too big, and we had to yeah. rewrite the rules to try and incorporate all this stuff. And then eventually it just like never happened. And they're like, we lost a lot of critical staff along the way, and now and we've moved like, on to new projects. Yeah, and it's like, or and they got bought by a different company and. Yeah, it's just so on and so forth, but it's like, yeah. where, where are the game at? Like, <laughs> where? Because and that's one of the things I really like about like the cool mini or not guys is that like when they launch the Kickstarter, the game's already like done. They've yeah. already been playing testing it, and like most of the stuff that they, even the stuff that they like do like the the stretch goals for, like they they have an idea of how much money they're gonna make off of this Kickstarter, so they already kind of know. Well, and very rarely do you get stuff that's like we haven't even made this yet. But some of that's been the complaint specifically about them is that they they already have built the game with the stretch goals in mind. Yeah, but basically, which makes them not stretch goals because they're like. 
a lot of people are like, oh, well, it, basically the game was intended to have these things or these pieces or these expansions built into it, but they like pretended like it wasn't there. Yeah. So they could roll it out to us and act like we're unlocking it. <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, like if they didn't do it that way, do you, I don't think it would earn as much. Yeah, and I mean, in fairness, for some of those, it's that like those are the backers exclusive yeah. too. Like a lot of those pieces and whatnot. Yeah, like that's a lot. A lot of that is stuff that you can't find later unless you find someone else trying to sell their pieces. In which case, you're going to pay more for it, even oh, way more. Like, but I mean, you, you turn like a hundred dollar game, like you, like even if you were to just back just a base level game, which is usually just like a hundred bucks plus shipping. Like, you get, like, probably at least another, like, $200 worth of, like, just stuff. <laughs> but the, I, I do think the golden age of uh, Kickstarter board games is done. Yeah. I, I think we're it's in kind a of, post-era. Yeah. The the downward slide of... Well, it's, like, essentially, like, the ones that... The, the companies that have made a... Six, they, they've turned Kickstarter once again into, like, a pre-order platform, which I, I don't think was ever the intent of Kickstarter, really, but... It, it's yeah, like, they like say it themselves on Kickstarter. Like, we're not for pre-orders, but <laughs> it, I think with board games it really makes sense because yeah, uh, I think th I think with Kickstarter is is what part of what helped contribute to the board game renaissance that we were in. I, I don't know if we're at the tail end of that or still in it, be, but it it helped contribute to that because we were getting like the new classic games that I talked about before. Yeah. Like, those were big, and then it became like, oh, well, what other cool board games are on the market? And that that became, it's hard to find and, like, suss out what's good and bad. And certain things, like, imagining if you were making a board game, that odds are it would, like, hit store shelves and just, like, rot on a shelf because you didn't have a way of advertising it. Yeah. So, Kickstarter almost serves as an advertising way of being, like... Hey, look at this cool thing! Is like, is this cool? Would you buy this? And then people were like, "Yeah, I'll buy it and throw money at it," you know. Yeah, and I was man, I I can't imagine how much money Kickstarter makes. Well, I mean, a lot so of this they take out like a a pretty, good percentile. Yeah, I mean, a lot of this led to like I, I think the whole board game renaissance led to a D and D renaissance. Uh, the D and D podcast taking off the way they did. Like, yeah, and now there's like now there's a ton of like different like D&D modules and role-playing games like being made and like it's kind of moved past like board games and now it's like now people are writing are like pen and paper games well because it I think all that goes hand in hand you know because like yeah obviously the interest in uh, analog games kind of then became like well D&D &D or GURPS or uh it's the other one Pathfinder yeah like pe people found inroads to those things and then people yep. are kind of realizing like Oh, well, this is just a weird, like, group storytelling thing. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Just, like, the, like I said, po the D&D &D podcast, like, took off huge. There are a lot of them. Yeah, so. <laughs> it, We're friends with a few of them, even. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's. I'm on one. <laughs> it's far spread. Um and I think I, once again, I attribute all that to the board game renaissance we were in. Yeah. Um, I, it, and I even just recently backed another uh, RPG from um, I think it's like free free something press. I can't remember exactly, but it's like um, but it's like a like a Nordic horror RPG. Like the art looks really cool in it. Um, I mean, the last one I backed, which I think you also backed was uh, uh, what's it called? Nanjani. I, actually, I, don't, I, I can't remember if I backed that one or not. 
I don't think I did. Um, I would think I was going to, but then I was just like, I'm poor. I mean, yeah, but it it was like sixty bucks. It, it wasn't a bad. I mean, it always depends. Like these things always scale from like sixty dollars entry level or like ninety dollars entry level to. And it's like oh, like, four hundred bucks. You want all, the all in. <laughs> yeah, if you want to buy everything, because like there's a lot of like add-ons and stuff that you can get that aren't kicks. Like there, a lot of those even aren't like Kickstarter exclusive, but like they're like half the price of if you want, bought them retail. Yeah, it's just like you want the play mat, you want the, like, the you want the dice holders and the bags and the. The fancy boxes and it, it's do you want Nam- metal coins? Namiji, I think. Maybe it's what it, that's what it says here. It's like N A M I J I, but it, it's the follow up to Tokaido. Oh yeah, oh that yeah, that's right. Yeah, I did, I did get do that one. Yeah, but it, which Tokaido is kind of a like I hesitate to say party game because it's really chillax because you're just like. I you're them just dudes on a. You're just some people on a journey, and you just have to have the most fulfilling journey. Yeah. So it's just like yeah. you always gain points, and then just it's whoever you're has like the com- most. Yeah, points you're like competing with each other, but you're not like subverting each other. Like you can you can screw each other over, but it's harder to do. Yeah. By like maxing out like like oh only two people can be on like the uh, uh what is it like the item shop oh so yeah so it's just like okay like. The two people are already there, and you were like collecting items, so it's just like now you can't go there. But I asked them if they had like a retail tier, and they said no. I was like, oh, but yeah, they that game looks because the new game has like boats and stuff, and like fishing and cool stuff. But I, I was always like kind of upset that I never backed Tokaido, like, I came to that one yeah. post uh kickstart i actually didn't know yeah. it was a kickstart when i buy it so that was the same, same with arcadia quest yeah i was like like after like seeing like what they put out for their kickstarter i was like oh man i wish i could have got the original arcadia FOMO. quest that's where fomo's yeah for reals <laughs> real fomo <laughs> um yeah and i like that that rpg that i i backed like it was like it would have been it's like to get like the the full-on like pledge it was like 70 bucks or something like Damn. For for like the books and all the like like extras that come with it, um, or if you happen to be a retail um person, it's like it was like a hundred and five dollars, and you get five copies of the all in pledge. Jesus. So five five like of all the full, books, full. like five and and five copies of like all the extras that come with it and everything. So, um, or you could pay like a hundred five dollars and get like the premium like like the the good edition but like i don't know i was like i gotta get that basically i can get that <laughs> that retail one and turn around and like sell the other ones and get mine for free <laughs> yeah i mean it's one way to do it since and but well you you have the option to do that because yeah. you do need to have a like llc yep um, and I was like, that, I was like, man, I wish we had this LOC when uh, Dark Souls came out. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. That would have been you great. Got so many, oh, so much stuff for I like nothing. I could, we we could have got that game for so much cheaper, and then sold the other ones to like to me. <laughs> to you, yeah. We could have made Gravity Land. <laughs> <laughs> Gravity Land. <laughs> But yeah, like now, like I, you're on the ceiling doing like <laughs> fighting yeah. bosses. Now I'm like, so now I kind of like now that I've and I only recently like realized I'm like, oh man, I can totally take advantage of the retail tier of of uh, Kickstarter's, Kickstarter's, if, which not all of them have a retail tier, but some do. 
The ones, the cool ones do. No. <laughs> You're only saying that now. Yeah, I'm saying it. Um, but yeah. Because um, I've been, st- otherwise I've been, for this year in particular, I've been staying away from kickstarting a lot of stuff. I, I Honestly, that board game I just kickstarted was first in a very long time. Yeah, same. Which is good. I mean, I don't need to be wasting money on there, but <laughs> it, it becomes like a gravity pit. Cause, yeah, because it'll be like I'll back one thing and then it'll it's be like, like oh, oh this looks some, cool yeah. too and like oh this is cool oh the Holy, worst look at is these like dice. after <laughs> you after you back one but and then they come back and like post an update like we're launching a new Kickstarter so you get that email and you're like <sighs> well cool mini just launched a like Night of the Living Dead like expansion to uh oh, what is that game uh Zombie Side oh but they're and, always doing Zombie Side stuff because they yeah. just they just. It's it's weird that this Kickstarter is chasing a Zombie Side Kickstarter that they just did, because I think they're <laughs> yeah. doing a new addition uh, of Zombie Side is what the current one was. And I like don't I don't think I get those anymore because I don't. It must just be like after the game gets a certain age, they don't update the list the <laughs> posts anymore. So it's like it's been long enough that I, since I've backed a Cool Mini or Not game that they aren't. Uh, they aren't updating that particular one that I backed anymore when they post something new. I so I think I have them followed, so I get that's emails true too. I haven't, I have, I have, I haven't actually followed anybody on Kickstarter. That might be a good thing. I I have a lot of like creators I like followed, but they're like. I think I have the people who make uh, Super Dungeon followed, <laughs> just so I never can give them a dollar. <laughs> so you can make sure, like. Uh, so if they ask for any money from any person, you should also make sure to follow the fuck Jerry people, so you can make sure not to <laughs> give them any money either. Not to ever give them a dollar, like but that. That what do you mean game? Oh God, I know a Which, lot. Of, a lot of people bought that. I know a lot of. I know like people will say that's a really good game. I'm like I'm just like no. I'm I'm too much of a meme lord to like games like that. <laughs> and I don't know. That's. Uh, I'm also pretty mad about the uh, Exploding Kittens and uh, Throw Throw Burrito, um, which I I think, honestly, those games are fine. Like, I've never played uh, either of those, but I think they're fine. It's just like the the Oatmeal didn't need Kickstarter to sell those things. No, he did not. I mean, he already, he's like, as far as like online web comics go, he probably has the largest following of anybody. I think similar to Cyanide and Happiness didn't really need yeah. uh Kickstarter to do its two that it did. Um but I mean the only the only thing would be or the only the only probably exception I think for um like fame as far as like webcomic going would be like Penny Arcade, which is like now they, they just run packs. <laughs> so I mean, yeah. they're they're less of a comic and more of a. Um, well, and their packs is bought by somebody else. So. Oh, so they actually sold packs. I didn't know that. Yeah, I forget what big com- like corporation. Now they have a packs. now they have a packs unplugged. Did you know that? Yeah. I I there's I didn't so know. much packs. It's like yeah. Packs every month. Packs unplugged sounds fun, or because that's like that's like the same thing as what WonderCon. I think probably. I think I, WonderCon is. I don't the, know. The other board game. I would one. love to go to a con of some. I've never been to a con. I've been to Anime Expo. It's good. I would love but, to go to one, but at the same time, like it's a lot of waiting in lines for stuff like that. Just the bo. Just yeah. the bo. I 
I definitely want to go to like one of the like board game ones because like I think Gen that's Con? the different. I, I oh Gen Con, that's the one I was thinking not, of. Yeah. Not to insult our audience by any means, but <laughs> man, like I, I just always think of how uh, in the Hastings that used to be open here, they would have Magic the Gathering tournaments. Yeah, and I I love Magic the Gathering, but I mean you came within like three feet of like you just came like even twenty the feet within that vicinity. thing. You could smell it. Yeah, which would suck because they would have like. It's like in the middle They'd of the store. Pizza in the middle of the store too, and it would be like some combination of like pizza and just the uh, rankest of bo. Yeah. Like I, I don't know. You I know get a lot that, of people uh, into a convention center, and it smells. I can't remember if we talked on the the main cast, but uh, we they've they've made a rule that they they can withhold your uh, money at uh, either Magic the Gathering tournaments or Smash tournaments uh, for hygiene. Oh really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, they, uh, wow. they yeah, at certain like tournaments now they're like, yeah, if you if if we think you're just not cleanly enough, we we, we don't have to give you your money, <laughs> which, which I don't think's happened to anybody, but it I know amongst 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 the Smash community, it's a serious problem. Yeah, like, and I, I mean, I have hung out at tournament scenes, and yeah, it's a big fucking problem. Like hygiene is a serious fucking issue. Yeah. Or, I um, mean, you can probably, like, anybody listening can probably imagine in their heads, like, the, the characters that produce the smell. I, I don't it's just, I don't know what it is, uh, to be honest. Like, it's I, just video game nerds. I don't know. Yeah, but I don't know. Why, why are they not showering? That's what I can't it's, figure out for the life of me. Or, like, why are they letting their BO get so out of control? Just use some fucking pit stick. For the love of God. <laughs> I don't know, because I, 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 I always think of uh, one of the last midnight releases I went to was for Diablo 3. Yeah. And I distinctly remember being like, the BO was so rank. And I was like, it's these fucking PC gamers. Like, they they are <laughs> like, like the Smash community is like next level stank. But it's like console game gamers have a better odor than the <laughs> the PC gamers. Yeah. Like, I was like, holy shit. Um, though I'll also never forget there was a time where I went to a GameStop. I just walked in and I was like, I think I was just killing time before I got a haircut. Yeah. I walked in and it smelled like somebody shit their pants. <laughs> I It was one of those situations where I walked in and it smelled bad. And I so I was like, well, I'll just walk to the back to get away from it. And it got stronger got and stronger <laughs> as I went back. I, I get to the back of the store and I'm like, I feel like I'm going to puke. So I just circled around and just like fucking left. Like, <laughs> it, which sucked because there was somebody in there who I wanted to talk to who worked there. But then I was like... I can't. I can't do this. I cannot. Like it's bad. Somebody shit their pants. <laughs> I get really sweaty when I'm recording this podcast. It's not good. Yeah, but I don't smell you. <laughs> I'm surprised you don't. Sometimes I, I'm a it good like bad. I'm a good like three feet from you, four feet. <laughs> but I, I'm like I don't smell you at all. Which I mean that that's like I mean that's the biggest thing. Like I, I don't know. It's probably just because like I take a shower as soon as I get home, <laughs> so I'm like it's like that. There's no that, stank. That middle ground where I could take a shower and I start sweating. So then it's like maybe it's not as bad as if I were to have showered in the morning and then did this. Um, but anyway, I don't want this episode to go on too long. But because we also, we also like recorded like the whole time during the game awards while doing this. And my like recording program is really freaking out on me right now. And I'm worried that we're going to lose some audio if I keep going. Um so, do you have any closing statements on closing board games? Closing statement is uh, board games are good. Uh, clean yourself. <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, yeah, in the future, I'd like to talk 
I'd like to talk shop on more video, uh, not video, more board games in the future. Yeah, more video so, games. Yeah, more video. Well, that's always in Fuck the future. Yeah. But um, but hope I'm hoping that we can try to get some actual like board game play, and eventually, and then we can kind of go more in depth and have like actual like board game episodes of the game out. So. Yeah, we should play Yahtzee. <laughs> Yahtzee. Let's play some normie games. Let's yeah, play like, Break the Ice. We should play Nazi. Don't, let's, let's play uh, Don't Break the Ice. Let's play Don't Wake Daddy. <laughs> oh, uh, let's play Let's play Operation. I'm wondering if I can find the copy of Don't Wake Daddy that I had as a kid. <laughs> Because that's the one where, like, the, 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 the guy just copy where he guy, doesn't stay down. You push him down, <laughs> and then you have to like, you have to like inch away slowly, otherwise he just shoots back up. Like. <laughs> <coughs> that fucking game. The alarm clockless. Why don't were break okay? Okay, the, another closing statement, or maybe a closing question. Why were like kids, or ga- why were games when we were a kid all about fucking jump scares? Like, what's that fucking game that had the ticking timer that would explode dicer everywhere? Oh, are you, you're you thinking of uh, perfection. Yeah. Put the pieces into the slot, make the right selection. It, like, there'd be just, well, there's, wow. it, there'd just be like a timer. And once the timer got down to zero, it would just go, and then just, there'd be an explosion. It's just. I also feel like a lot of games when we were kids were about uh, being afraid of your parents. <laughs> Don't wake daddy. Like, don't wake daddy and like, sorry, and uh, trouble. <laughs> yeah, trouble. What are you kids doing? Getting into trouble. And Mouse then, trap. The mom just beats the kids. <laughs> God. There's a lot of, yeah, a lot of fucked up games when we were kids. It's weird stuff. All right, well, um, so with this episode, this is actually going to be, if you're listening to this, it will be after Christmas. And before season two starts, and actually before our game of the year, the mo or, or I guess what I'm calling the the lit wait, wait the lit gamies the, the lit gamies <laughs> the lit gaming awards that's what I was gonna call it the lick the lick the lick the lit gaming awards which will be the following week after <laughs> this episode and then the, the don't wake daddies the don't wake daddies um, coming <laughs> first week of daddy. January. <laughs> The first week of January, and then season two will be happening of the LGA cast. So it's going to be a little bit different, but it'll be more more podcast, more episodes, more everything, but also shorter episodes, <laughs> uh, ideally. But um, with that all being said, uh, we'll see you back here again next week. Game Awards teased the best gaming tweet of the year, and not one nominee was the Vagina Bones tweet. Vagina Bones. Vagina Bones. Not only only did they remove her cleavage, but they also removed her Vagina Bones. (laughs) 